0: Hi, I'm Pat Masterani. I play Joey on Degrassi High.
1: And I'm Stacy Mystician. I play Caitlin. The following episode of Degrassi High is a dramatic story about suicide. Most people who attempt suicide do not really want to die. In most cases, these people are desperately reaching out. Asking for help.
0: Now there are signs that you can recognize when someone is suicidal. You should take these signs seriously. If the kids in our story had taken their friends seriously, they could have done something. Uh, talked to an adult for help. Teens can't always help their friends who are suicidal, but adults can and do help. There are hotlines, teachers, guidance counselors, your parents, your friend's parents, your doctor, and other adults who can help, but you need to let them know.
1: On this episode of Degrassi, the student who is suicidal has very serious problems, but he does not have to kill himself. He should ask for help, but he doesn't talk to anyone, and he doesn't realize that things will get better. Suicide is a permanent response to a temporary situation. Even when people get very depressed, suicide is not the solution, but talking to someone
0: is. If you're thinking about suicide or you know someone who's suicidal, call 1-800-448-3000 or go to an adult for help. Don't
2: wait. Hey, hey everybody, it's Nerby of and grape juice.com. I am Nearby on Twitter. I am Nearby on Instagram. I'm also Nearby with puffy shirts yeah speaking of which it's time for another episode of Degrassi buddy it's episode 22 we're going to be pushing the envelope this episode so discretion is advised this is one of those hardcore ones from back in the day as today we will be recapping Degrassi High season 2 episodes 10 and 11 it is a two-parter only doing two episodes because I got other stuff to do in my life damn it come on people it's not like you all pay me millions of dollars Maybe if you did, I'd do two and a half episodes. But what you going to do? Anyway, we're going to start uh, with uh, Showtime Part 1. Original air date, January 21st, 1991. We start with uh, Pat Mastriani and Stacy Mystician. That's right. She pronounces her name the way it's supposed to be. Pron- I always thought it was Stacy Mystician. But uh, no, they do a PSA regarding suicide. Don't do it. At the start of this episode and at the end. And then after the PSA, we get to the show. And Degrassi students are in the early stages prepping for the Degrassi talent show. As Claude decked out in his puffy shirt. That's right, the original puffy shirt. And he's rehearsing his entry into the upcoming Degrassi talent show, which is called Showtime. Caitlin and Maya are heading to the uh, auditorium. They're talking about how nervous each of them are for their auditions. And they encourage each other, and then they are approached by Claude. And Claude asks Caitlin if she's trying out for the Showtime thingamajiggy. Caitlin says that she is. Claude says that, hey, I am too. Caitlin wishes Claude good luck, and she starts to walk away. When Claude stops her qu- quickly, and he asks Caitlin if they can try again. Caitlin turns. And as if she's going to puke the guts out from her insides, out of her mouth, she replies, please. And She and Maya go back on about their merry way heading to the auditorium. As Caitlyn's whispering to Maya that she wishes Claude would just leave her alone. Maya agrees and she wonders why Claude hasn't just given up already. Because she, because uh, Claude and Caitlin broke up over a year ago. Caitlin said that she wishes that Claude would just go away as Claude is just standing there in the back alone looking uh looking like Claude, and that's when we get the intro and he looked like a you know i know this is a this is a this is a, a serious episode of degrassi high but that dude i never i was gonna i already I, I said it since the beginning i never liked him this Claude character from the very beginning as i said in previous episode of degrassi buddy cerealgrapies.com i am Navy. The first time I saw that Degrassi High intro and saw that Caitlin was getting kissed by someone who wasn't Joey, I instantly didn't like him. So it doesn't matter who it was going to be. And it turned out to be this clode character. Didn't like him. So I'm just going to say, he looked like a freaking loser with this puffy shirt. Idiot. After the intro, the auditions are underway in the auditorium. Arthur and his cousin slash real-life sister Dorothy are performing a tap dance as Joey watches and he's laughing while Snake is trying to draw a face on Joey's stomach. And I just want to say, Joey can shut this, shut his ass up because, as far as I'm concerned, Art and Dot, that's right, Art, that's what I named them in my notes. Art and Dot, they were pretty good at the tap dancing. So, yeah, I'd like to see Joey try that. Anyway, Caitlin and Maya sign in for their audition. And Joanne tells them that uh, the auditions are running a little late. And that uh, Caitlin and Maya may not have a chance uh, to do their audition that day. But uh, Caitlin and Maya decide to hang around anyway and watch the auditions to see if they've got any chance. You know, to, to make it into the play, or not a play, it's a show, before uh, before tomorrow. And upon doing this, Caitlin says hi to Joey, Joey says hi back, and when she's out of earshot, Joey calls her the Ice Maiden, Snake tells Joey that he needs to get over Caitlin, and Joey says that he got over her ages ago, but Snake is not convinced, and they decide to watch the rest of the auditions. Art and, Dot's ta- Art and Dorothy's... It's, it's going to be awkward. Art and Dor- Arthur and Dorothy's tap dancing finishes. Claude enters the auditorium. Next up are the dancing joquettes consisting of Luke, Douchebag Dale from the uh, uh, Nobody Cares About Girls Volleyball episode and Dumb Simon, who everybody knows as Dumb Simon, dancing ballet and the crowd is getting their kicks. They're loving it. Claude with his puffy shirt. He walks his way... He didn't so much walk his way. He 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 like glides. Not a good glide either, it's like he thinks he's some big shit or something. Anyway, Claude Puffy Shirt walks his way to Joanne and he asks him when it's his time. Joanne tells Claude that he's up next. He signs in and he watches the dancing joquettes and he's clearly not impressed, because he has no sense of humor. <laughs> The music for the Jockettes gets, then gets cut off due to the tape deck eating the tape. That's right, the tape, man. I, I don't miss those things at all, man. Don't miss. I mean, I'm not a big fan of, of physical media g- becoming obsolete, but one thing I don't miss is those audio cassettes, man. Don't miss them at all. Anyway, thus that ended their audition. Claude is announced as the next audition. And he... Claude clothes his way toward the stage as if he's royalty. He may as well have been... Carried like he's Cleopatra or something. (laughs) And he announces that he's going to be performing something that he wrote himself. Snake tells Joey that uh, they're up soon and they need to finish getting ready. But Joey stops and he says that he wants to see Claude's auditioning. Audition, referring to Claude as the Ice Maiden's old boyfriend. And Claude begins his little bit.
3: Autumn leaves. Dying leaves. Season of death. When winds grow cold, thoughts of death creep in as I sleep. I dream I'm in a coffin, safe from the life I don't want to live. Just give him a break. Just let him do it. I am not afraid, soothing, black, and warm. Soothing, black, and warm, safe from the pain. And safe from the fools. Safe, soothing, relaxing. Excuse me, Claude? I haven't finished yet. Sorry, but we don't think that's right for this show. Why not? No offense, okay. The poem's good, but, uh...
4: It's just a little depressing.
3: So? Some things are serious. Sure, but this is a talent night, and people want to come and have fun. Maybe you can come back tomorrow with another monologue.
4: Maybe a song.
3: I do my monologue or nothing. Sorry. Who, who's next? Um, Joey and Snake. Typical. This place is so stupid. You're all a bunch of sheep.
2: Terrible. Just terrible with his friggin' puppy shirt and his holier-than-thou face. Screw-clothed. Anyway, Joey and Snake, they're then called on to do their audition. And they take the stage. Claude is watching from the back of the auditorium. And he shouts out that nobody cares. And he says, well, you'll see. And he leaves and Joanne runs out after him. And out in the hall, Joanne, he tells Claude that she cares about him. And that she thought that his little bit was good. His little little soothing black and warm poem was great. Because she's lying. She, Claude, she, he's not interested in hearing it. Jo, Joanne asks Claude, "Thank God we ain't gonna have to say this name much longer." Spoiler alert. Oh, sorry, not sorry. Joanne asks Claude if he'd like to come out with their friends to see a movie that weekend. Claude says no thanks. Joanne keeps following him. She tells him that he's sorry that she's sorry about his parents, who apparently are getting a divorced or getting a divorce. Claude says that he can't live with... Uh, that he can't live with his mother as her new boyfriend doesn't like him. am not going to say no. <laughs> Joanne, uh, she's a little shocked. She says that, you know, Claude can't stay with his dad because apparently they don't get along. Claude thanks Joanne for trying to be nice. He says that he's fine and he wants to be left alone. Claude, uh... Joanne insists that Claude speak to her and that she'll listen. Claude says that he... He, just, he doesn't know or that she doesn't know what it's like to be him. And he leaves, leaving Joanne alone as she heads back to the auditorium where Joey and Snake are performing the Zitz one and only song as, a, as like a mariachi band with faces painted on their stomachs and giant hats covering their heads and shoulders, that kind of stuff. The audience, including Caitlin, are enjoying it. They're laughing and they're loving it. The next morning, students are heading to, heading to school, including Claude, He's got a backpack in his hand. He's got this little... He's got this red band around his arm. So I don't know what that's supposed to mean. I'm sure it's supposed to mean something. Uh, he knows with Claude. He, everything he does has to mean something with that guy. Anyway, Joey and Snake also arrive. As Joey is angry that he had to spend all night studying. And he still does not understand the science work. Snake suggests that Joey ask Mr. Webster for help. But Joey refuses. Meanwhile, Claude is now waiting by Kaylin's locker for her to arrive. And he's holding a white rose. Caitlin and Maya are heading down the hallway as Caitlin tells Maya that she's returned home as her parents are trying to work out their marriage problems. Claude then hides his rose behind the back. And the girls pause their conversation upon seeing Puffy Boy. Well, then again, with the the red armband, he's no longer really Puffy. Sally, get your your face out of my water, please. Thank you. Sorry, my cat likes to uh, get involved here. Sorry, Sally. And Caitlin, upon seeing Claude intruding at her locker space, she says, Excuse me? And Claude moves his puffiness out of, her, out of her way. And Caitlin is just in disbelief as Maya's standing there. Caitlin's going in her locker as Claude is standing directly behind Caitlin, practically breathing down her neck. And he's got a little grin on his face. Claude then reveals the flower. Maya sees it and she loves it. for you.
1: Would you please leave me alone? I'm really tired of being harassed by you all the time. We're not seeing each other anymore. It's over.
3: Don't worry. I won't bother you anymore. Good. I just came to say goodbye.
1: Why? Where are you going?
2: scumbag i I get that he has problems and he needed help but this this freaking guy he planned on making everybody feel sorry for him as if he was hoping for some big pity party so go eat a dick puffy shirt boy seriously man this dude this character well played by the by the actor who portrayed him don't know his name but well done you portrayed this scumbag perfectly Anyway, later on, classes are about to begin. Joey is asking Mr. Webster for help in, in uh, science. And Web- Webster is pleased that Joey's reaching out. And he says that he will arrange something for Joey. And uh, I love the parallel stories between uh, uh, two students who are having trouble. I mean, granted, Joey, well, I'm not going to say nothing about Claude's problems, but the bottom line is two students are having difficulties with life, if you will. One is reaching out and the other... Well, we'll see. (laughs) Meanwhile, Claude goes to his locker as Scott the Douche passes by him and he tells Claude that he'd better hurry or he's going to be late for class. Claude tells Scott that he won't be going to any more classes since Degrassi's never done anything for him. Well, you got your shot against Caitlyn, but you were just too much of a douche, dude. Probably still be with her if you weren't such a douche. All you have to do is help her over the fence or not even head to that factory to begin with. Anyway, Scott tells Claude, you "Already, saw, yeah, he, he Claude says he's not going to get in trouble." When Scott tells him he's going to get in trouble, Claude says, "No, I'm not. My puppy shirt is protects me from everything." The bell rings, and Claude he bends down. to go through his bag. He then looks up and down the hallway, makes sure everything is clear. He pulls something wrapped in a towel out of his bag. He then unwraps it, and it's a gun. He then dons a little smile as he looks at the gun, and then he walks off with it, leaving his locker door wide open. We then get an we then get a really great shot of him uh, walking, like from behind, and then the camera pans over to the windows with his reflection as he disappears. It was like very ghost-like. I, I that was that was excellent, excellent uh, direction and uh, foreshadowing. Very good. I like that. Very good, DeGrassi. Well done. Meanwhile, in class, Mr. Wallfish is speaking. About Macbeth. The class gets into a discussion about the book. And Wallfish says that he'd like to hear from some some other students as opposed to the regulars. Snake raises his hand. And he says he has to use the bathroom. Wallfish says no problem. Go take your wizard. Snake leaves the class. He walks right past clothes locker without realizing it. Seeing that, in, that it's been left wide open. Snake enters the boys' washroom. He walks towards the urinals when he stops and he notices a pair of feet sticking out of one of the stalls in a small trail of blood.
1: You all right?
4: The first draft of the final exam schedule we we'll discussing it at the staff meeting tomorrow so if I the copies on the, desk
3: by the Mr. Roddage, Mr. Roddick, you gotta come quick.
4: Alright, Archie, get a hold no, of no. yourself. No, no, he's um dead. Who's dead? What are you yeah, talking about?
3: In the boys washroom, there's a there's a gun and um there's there's blood everywhere. There's okay, fire. okay, all right, just take him to where he's, he is. He his face. Okay? <sighs> take him to where he is. Janet,
2: call the police. Pushing the envelope, man. Just wow. I remember watching this back in the day. I remember watching, and uh, I was uh, shocked at how much they showed. And Snake's reaction was great. The music, the dramatic music was excellent. Uh, Poor Snake, but well performed by Stefan Brogan. So well done, brother. Later on, classes end as students have no idea what has happened and the auditions for Showtime continue. Tim is performing a magic act with his lovely assistant, Bartholomew Bond. Tim Tim turns a small piece of rope into a silk scarf and then he unveils a bouquet of flowers under the scarf and he gives them to Caitlin. Caitlin is then called on to audition, which is a dance to like a classic 40s and 50s music. So... I dig the 40s and 50s style, so well done, Caitlin. Props to her, extra marks. We then cut to the hallways where a group of students have gathered outside the boys' washroom, or one of the boys' washrooms, which is now being guarded by a cop. Luke asks the cop what is going on, and the cop replies that he can't tell him anything. Luke and Yick walk away, assuming that it's a drug bust, and Radich is heard over the PA announcing an immediate unscheduled meeting in the staff room on the main floor. Wheels and another student arrive on the scene when the other student, who's nameless, probably, he probably won a competition and got to say a line. I don't know. Anyway, he he remarks to Wheels about seeing a stretcher outside and an ambulance. Later on, all the students are gathered in their classrooms, waiting for teachers to show up. As the teachers arrive to their classes, they break the news to the students.
3: I'm afraid I have some very upsetting news. The student has died. And it looks like he killed himself. Who? His name was Claude Tanner. He was in twelfth grade. I know it's a shock to all of you and I knew that some of you knew him
2: uh, Yep Now I know nothing like this ever happened at any of the schools I went to but uh, I do or did know somebody who uh, took his own life a former co-worker who even after leaving work was still you know, contacting work and was still friends with certain people including myself and uh, one day we got informed that he uh, took himself and uh, nobody knew why just saying. Anyway, uh, yeah, in special ed, Joanne is upset. She tells her classmates that Claude was so angry and he was just unhappy at everybody because of his life. Nick just scoffs, saying that a lot of people have problems, but but they don't go and kill themselves. As Dwayne and Joey exchange, exchange a little look, which I thought was awesome, reminding us that there's still more going on there. Joanne continues and she says that Claude would have eventually gotten over everything and she says that she too had been depressed the year before she then her voice starts to crack and she says that she should have that she should have done something Nick then chimes in again with his Nick uh, uh, pleasantries and he asks what Joanne could have done and she says that she knew something was wrong but that Claude just wouldn't talk to anybody. Radish then assures Joanne that there was nothing more that she could have done, but she still thinks that she she had to have that she could have done something. She starts to cry as Trish comforts comforts her. Trish, of course, is the girl with the big spiky mohawk. For those who need a reminder, Mr. Radish starts to explain that you can't can't help any help anybody if they don't want any help. And that the only things people can do is look for the warning signs. He says that everyone feels overwhelmed sometimes. That a lot of people think about suicide he says you just you can't kill yourself because once you do there's no going back as Joanne continues crying and uh, yeah uh, yeah gotta agree man but the cloak character man he, he pre-planned this he wanted everybody to, to just cry and hold a ceremony in his honor as if he was gonna be around to see it so people who people like that scum trash 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 Anyway, in another class, Michelle Michelle says that she doesn't understand why Claude had to kill himself at school. And Lucy says to Alexa that it was probably just to make everybody feel bad, which shocks Alexa. And Lucy sticks by what she says, and she tells the rest of the class. She calls Claude a jerk. Alexa says that Lucy's being cruel. But Spike agrees with Lucy, and so do I. Saying that Claude doesn't have to worry anymore. And then it's the rest of the school now that has to just feel bad for him. And another girl says that Claude will be going to hell, as suicide is a sin. Before she breaks down in tears, as the teacher says, "There's no right way to react to the news, and suggests students talk to someone if they need to talk." Now, this this girl student who did who said this about going to hell and breaking down to sin her her character name was Cindy, but it's not BLT Cindy. It's it's a it's, it's definitely not her. But yeah, anyway. Later on, Radich announces that classes are canceled for the rest of the day as Maya asks Caitlin if she'd like to go for a walk. Caitlin feels guilty about Claude's suicide because Claude tried to speak to her but she told him to take a hike and she should have just spoken to him. Maya says that uh, Caitlin only told him to go away because he was pestering the crap out of her that she had broken up with him a year ago and that it wasn't Caitlyn's responsibility to speak to him anyway. Calin wonders if she could have made a difference, but Maya insists that Caleb was not the reason for the suicide, and that Claude clearly had a lot of problems. Elsewhere, Joey is waiting by his locker after school, and he asks Tim if he knew where Snake is. Or was, knows where he is, you know, that kind of thing. Meanwhile, throughout the hall, students are asking things they, they're asking questions and wondering why Claude killed himself. Joey waits for a few moments more for Snake. Snake doesn't show and Joey leaves. Bronco and Lucy later head into the auditorium so that Bronco can get his binder. Bronco then blames himself for Claude's suicide. See, this is what Claude wanted, damn it. (sighs) Saying that he should have just let him do his monologue. Lucy tells Bronco that thinking that way is just stupid, which it is. And that there's no way Claude killed himself over the audition. Bronco doesn't believe it. He tells Lucy that they need to cancel the talent show. Because it wouldn't be right to have it, but Lucy doesn't want to cancel the show, rightfully so. This is not for another two weeks, and she tells Bronco that why not? That they put a lot of work into the show, and they can't just cancel it now. Which I agree with. Later on, Caitlin arrives home that evening as her mom is getting ready to go pick up Caitlin's dad because his car is broken down. But before she leaves, Caitlin's mom tells Caitlin, she asks Caitlin when she got a new boyfriend. And Caitlin doesn't know what her mom's talking about. And she says that she's not dating anybody. Her mother then smiles and says that, "Well, somebody sent Caitlin flowers." And Mum leaves. Caitlin goes to the package with a big smile on her face. The box has a bouquet of white roses, and it's got a note.
1: "Dear Caitlin, I'm sure you know by now. I just couldn't stand it anymore." I know you don't love me, but I love you. And I forgive you for how you treated me. Goodbye, Caitlin. Wherever I am, I'm thinking of you. I hope you think of me sometimes. Love, Claude.
2: Freaking scumbag. He... Oh, oh that... I never liked that character. Never. Anyway, that was the end of of, uh, Showtime Part 1, even though on my DVD it shows the whole episodes both, like, in one big long episode, but that technically was the end, because Showtime Part 2, uh, Degrassi High, uh, Season 2, Episode 11 aired January 28th, 1991, a week after the first one, Part 1, and we start with students gathered in the auditorium when Mr. Radish arrives, and Bronco calls for attention. He tells the students that the reason for the gathering is to decide whether or not to go on with the talent show. He asks who would like to go first, as Joanne is given the opportunity. and She feels that going ahead with the show would be like pretending that Claude's death doesn't matter. Which Lucy disagrees with, I agree. Lucy says uh, that she, she's also upset about what happened. Especially for the people that Claude hurt by killing himself. And she says that life has to go on. Joanne doesn't know what's so important about a talent show, and asks, what what about Claude's family, and how about, what about how they feel? And Lucy replies that while a lot of the acts are funny, laughter is good. Joanne says that she doesn't feel like laughing, and Claude was her friend, and she then turns and angrily storms out of the auditorium. Spike is then given a chance to speak up, and she suggests using the talent show as a benefit and giving all the money made to Claude's family or a charity of their choice. Students like this idea. Spike asks if that's a nice way to remember Claude, which it is. It's nice enough. As far as I'm concerned. Sorry, not sorry. (sighs) They put uh, Spike's idea to a vote, and it passes. Students exit the auditorium. Maya tells Caitlin that she agrees with Lucy, and Caitlin's Said that she's glad that they're going on with the show and not letting Claude, who she refers refers to as a creep, ruin it. Maya tells Caitlin that Claude's parents have decided on a closed funeral, and Caitlin says that she wouldn't have gone anyway, and she'd never go to a suicide's funeral. And Maya is surprised at how angry Caitlin is. And Caitlin says that Claude deserves it. Man, (sighs) (sighs) ah, yep. Claude, Claude, Claude. Never lie. Did anybody like that guy? Anybody? Let me know. So grape leave a comment. Send me a t- comment on Twitter. I'm Nerby. You ever liked that guy, that character? Whether you thought he was, you know, he's so deep and intelligent or you thought he was good looking, tell me if you liked him so I can ridicule you. <laughs> There's only like two episodes of The Grassy Buddy left, so you better hurry. <laughs> anyway, later on in science class, Joey and Yek are getting help from Mr. Webster. But they don't understand anything of what he's saying. I didn't either. They were, he, uh, he was talking about magnetic fuse. He was talking about something. Anyway. Meanwhile, Kalen heads to the back of the science class to get something. Which is located behind a small glass sliding door. And when she slides the glass door shut, she sees closed reflection behind her. And he calls out to her. Kalen quickly turns around. To just see the science class. Oh, It starts. Webster tells the class to start packing things up as class is about to end, and he reminds them of a wee test for this coming Friday as the class groans. And Webster says that he'd like to speak with Joey and Caitlin as the students leave. We quickly cut to outside of the class where Joey and Caitlin or sorry where Wheels shows up and he's out there waiting for Joey. Back inside, Webster tells Caitlin that he liked her help that he would like her to help Joey with science, which surprises Joey. And Caitlin says that she's busy, but Webster insists, and Caitlin agrees, and Webster leaves them to set things up. And I loved this back in the day, and even even watching it now for Degrassi, buddy, serialgrapes Iron i remember, yeah. uh, It was awesome because it meant that Canada's Joni and Chachi were on the verge of uh, at least becoming friends again, if not more. So, yeah, don't don't get in the way of our Joni and Chachi, damn it, Claude, with your shirt and your deepness, bloody hell. Anyway, Caitlin tells Joey that they can talk tomorrow about getting things started, and Joey accepts. They leave the room, and Joey is flagged down by Wheels. Wheels pulls Joey aside, and he hands him an envelope to give to his mom. Joey asks what it is, and Wheels says that it's the money he stole. Joey takes it, and Wheels starts to head off to work. When Joey asks Wheels how the job is going, Wheels says that he doesn't want to pump gas for the rest of his life, but it's okay, and he enjoys making money. And he asks Joey how Snake is doing. Joey says the Snake is taking some time off. And Wheels asks, he said that he heard a rumor. And he wonders if it's true that Snake is the one who found Claude. And Joey confirms that yes, the rumor is true. Wheels then asks Joey if he thinks it'd be okay if he gave uh, Snake a call. Joey smiles and he says yes. He thinks Snake would like that. Joey offers Wheels a ride to Snake's house since he's heading there anyway right now. But Wheels says that he has to head to work. They part ways, and Joey smiles as Wheels isn't a douchebag anymore. Uh, well, for the time being, school's out. Anyway, later Joey arrives at Snake's house as Snake is working on a bike tire, and he's looking—he's uh, looking visibly shaken.
0: Hey, look, people miss you, man. When are you coming back? Maybe next week. Uh, the therapist says I shouldn't come back till I'm ready. Look, I'm really sorry that it was you that had to find him.
3: Someone had to. You know what I really remember? I'll have to what? He was... Uh... He was just lying there. Half his face was... It wasn't. It was so ugly, I... I, I thought a body would be more like a person, but he was, he was just dead. And I keep thinking that if I got there a little sooner, maybe I could have stopped hey, him. Hey, look, there was nothing you could have done. And I get really mad sometimes. He knew someone had to find him. I didn't even know him, and look how he's got to me. Why did you do this to me? I didn't even do anything to him. Snake,
0: I'm sorry, okay. Is there anything I could do?
2: Yeah, screw Claude, but long live the zits, man. But, uh, yeah, we did the poor Snake. <sighs> poor Snake. Poor us as well, man. Poor viewers, man. Still, I still I'm still, i going to hark on it forever. Why did they have to put an end to the Snake and Melanie thing without friggin' telling us why, damn it? Anyway, later, Caitlin is asleep in bed and she's tossing and turning. She's having a bad dream. And in the dream, she's sitting alone in the Degrassi Auditorium as Claude in his puffy shirt is performing his soothing black and warm bit on stage. Claude then suddenly appears beside Caitlyn in the dream. He's got a white rose in hand. Caitlyn gets up in her dream and she attempts to leave the auditorium when Claude is suddenly standing at the doors at the back. Caitlyn turns back to the stage where Claude is still giving his monologue. She attempts to run away in the dream but she isn't going anywhere. It's as if she's running in place. As Claude appears right behind her with the flower. And Kaylin continues saying no and stay away and leave me alone in her sleep. The next day kids are arriving at school as an announcement comes over the PA about the talent show. And that all proceeds are going to go towards suicide prevention. In Webster's science class, Webster is explaining magnetic forces. Which which has Joey and Luke totally confused. I was you know, right there with them. Class then ends as Joy asks Kaylin when they can get together for the tutoring. Kaylin tells Joy that they can meet after lunch tomorrow or at lunch tomorrow. Joy asks Kaylin why they can't just do it today, and Kayla says that she's busy. As Joy says that, hey, if Kaylin is too busy, he can find someone else. Kayla then gives in and she says that she'll help Joy. And then he and uh, Joy suggests meeting at the resource center after school, and Kaylin says that they don't let you talk there. And if she's going to be explaining things, it'd be nice if they can talk. So she says that Joey can go to her house instead, as her parents won't mind. And Caitlin says that besides, my mom likes you, and Joey gets a kick out of that. And she tells Joey to be there at about 7 p.m., and Joey accepts. And he's excited that he's going to get help in science. So well done, Joe. Remember, remember back in the early days, the grassy buddy, the grassy junior high man, Joey was selling vitamins pretending they were drugs, and he was just failing everywhere. And now he's caring about his schoolwork. Well done. Well then, Joel. Way to go, Joe? Anyway, later, Caitlyn then arrives at her locker. She looks down in it, and she finds an old earring inside that Claude gave her. Yeah, we remember this episode. She then recalls the day that Claude gave her the earring, about how it was the other one of what he was wearing, and then memory breaks right as Claude was about to lean in and attempt to kiss Caitlyn, thank God. Caitlin quickly throws the earring down to the ground afterwards. Later, Joey arrives at Caitlin's house for tutoring. Caitlin yells out to her mom that it's just Joey, and Joey jokes that he feels special. Caitlin then snaps back and says that she's only doing this because Webster asked her to, and she'd like it if Joey kept his jokes to himself. Joey tells her to lighten up and that she that he was just joking. <sighs> anyway, later Caitlin is tutoring Joey, who's obviously not understanding any of it. Joey then makes a Star Trek joke, and Kaylin gets angry. And she wonders why Joey hasn't been asking questions, and he says that he didn't know what to ask. Again, parallels. I, I love it. The parallels between Joey and uh, Puffy Shirt Boy. Kaylin then asks Joey why he why even bother studying. And he says that he wants to pass the course. Kaylin tells Joey that he can't pass if he doesn't know anything. And Joey replies that that's why she's helping him. Caitlin replies that she can't help a numb brain, and Joey gets offended. Caitlin's mom then enters the room and she says that her dad's car is having trouble again and she has to go pick him up. Caitlin's mom then leaves and Caitlin wants to start again, but Joey gets angry. He starts to pack up his books when Caitlin stops him and apologizes, saying that she was just frustrated because she thought they were getting somewhere. Caitlin tells Joey that they'll start again and she'll try to explain things more clearly. And then she gets up to make a tea. (laughs) She asks Joey if if he wants anything. And Joey jokingly asks for a beer, which angers Kalen. Joey tells Kalen that it was just a joke and that she used to have a sense of humor. (laughs) Kalen then asks Joey again if if he wants anything. (laughs) And Joey, like a friggin' snotty little brat, replies, yes. I would like a juice. (laughs) That's right. Putting her in her place, man. Smart Get get her ice made. But I understand why. But I love that. I would like a juice. (laughs) Anyway, later, Caitlin and Joy are in in the kitchen taking a break. Joy asks Caitlin how she feels about the talent show going on.
0: So um, what do you think about the talent show still going on?
1: I think it's great. Don't you, you're not going to drop out or anything, are you? I heard some people did
0: uh no, no, uh, actually, I feel pretty good about it. I mean, life does have to go on. You knew Claude pretty well, right? Yeah, you know why I did it? No. it must have been pretty messed up, I mean. Could you actually imagine putting a gun to your head and pulling the trigger?
1: Do we have to talk about this?
0: And uh, no. Sorry.
1: So, um, how's Snake?
0: He's getting better. Oh really messed him up. I mean, it makes me so mad. I mean, Snake didn't even Can do anything. Can
1: we please talk about something else? Sorry. Of course he was messed up. Don't kill yourself if you're not messed up.
0: Well, then why did he do it?
1: He said he couldn't stand it anymore.
0: He told you that?
1: Look, I don't want to talk about it, okay? I don't want to talk about clo
0: Well, you say that, but you keep bringing it up. Maybe you want to talk about it.
1: He said goodbye to me I didn't know what he was talking about I thought maybe he meant he was visiting relatives or something I didn't know he was going to go shoot himself
0: You couldn't have known that
1: And then he sent the flowers And the note I mean what was I supposed to do I didn't even like him
0: sent you a note
1: said he loved me
0: I don't believe this
1: I feel so I didn't want to hurt him
0: he sure meant to hurt you Caitlin, he, he wanted to hurt everybody. He wanted us all to be crying and have a big memorial. The guy was a pig.
4: No, he wasn't, he loved me. He
0: didn't love you. you he, he wanted to hurt you. No, he... He wanted you to feel guilty. Don't give him the satisfaction.
2: I tell you, if nothing else, the the one good thing that came about, that came out of that friggin' puffy shirt boy's doing is uh, Canada's Joni and Chachi at least becoming friends again. It was great. I loved it, man. I remember watching this back in the day. Uh, yeah, it, it was a serious episode, but I was grinning ear to ear. I was loving it. I was loving everything. Okay, sorry, not sorry, but I was happy that the Claude character was gone, you know. The circumstances, yes, you know, I understand it's a serious issue, but hey, just being honest, I was happy that he was gone and Joni and Chachi were getting to be friends again. And it was also great seeing them hug. Even though, you know, Kalen was crying, it was awesome. You know, he opened back you know, foot back in the door to being Buds again. Anyway, later on it's finally talent show night, as people are arriving at the auditorium. Meanwhile, students are backstage getting ready as dumb Simon is nervous about going on first. Bronco takes to the stage and he thanks everyone for showing up. He gives Joanne the stage to say a few things on behalf of Claude's family. Joanne announces that Claude's parents are not in attendance, but thank everyone for their contributions to the suicide prevention program.
4: Claude's parents aren't here tonight, but they'd like me to thank you for your contributions to help create a program for kids who feel suicidal. This program is too late to help Claude. Many of us tried to get him to talk, and he wouldn't talk, and we don't know why. He should have talked. This program is for all of us. It's for any student who feels really depressed or who feels that things are really rough and they don't know where to turn. Everybody goes through bad times, but life is too precious to be thrown away. No one has to kill himself. Claude was my friend, and I'm really sorry that he's missing this tonight because I think that it would have really made him laugh. And maybe if he had been able to laugh more, he would still be here. That's all I have to say.
2: Yep, and I must say, well said, Joanne. If you're out there thinking about doing the clothe thing, know that there are people out there who have it a lot worse than you, and they push on. So talk to somebody, damn it, family, friends. There's people out there who can cheer you up with a juice. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, uh, it's now, and now it's time for the show as the dancing jockeys take the stage. Backstage, Joey bumps into Caitlin, and then they exchange pleasantries. Kaelin says that she's on fourth and she's terrified. Joyce is also scared because the he because they're on next. And upon hearing this, Kaelin asks if Snake is there. And Joey says no, but Wheels has taken his place. Kaelin then thanks Joey for listening. She kisses him on the cheek, which I loved then and I love now. Kaelin then goes back to watching the joquettes as Joey heads back to get ready. And he's looking at Kaelin from behind and he's smiling. Then we get another PSA with uh, Pat Masriani and Stacey Mistichin.
1: What you've just seen was a dramatic story about suicide. David Armand Purcell's, the actor who plays Claude, did not really kill himself. But suicide is on a lot of teenagers' minds.
0: We've all been in situations that felt hopeless, but committing suicide is irreversible. We all get depressed sometimes, but nobody needs to kill themselves. We can get help. We can cope with our problems
1: by talking about them to our friends, our parents, other family members, teachers, counselors, doctors, or people we work with. Claude didn't do that.
0: Please, we urge you, if you're feeling depressed or suicidal, you don't have to be alone. Tell an adult or call 1-800-448-3000.
2: Don't wait. And then we get the credits, and yes, the show must go on. Bridges must be rebuilt, and Joey and Dwayne are still waiting in the wings. Oh, love it. But anyway, that was Degrassi, Epis- uh, Degrassi High episodes uh, 11, 10 and 11, Showtime Parts 1 and 2. Next week, another two-episoder here on DegrassiBuddy.com, so Iron Navy everywhere. As we recap the final two episodes of Degrassi High as Degrassi Buddies coming to an end. Episodes 12 and 13 of Degrassi High, entitled Three's a Crowd, and One Last Dance. And yes, as I mentioned already, we are also going to be recapping the School's Out movie. And then after Degrassi Buddy's done, I'm going to be moving on to Bayside Buddy, which we'll be recapping say by the Bell, baby, from season one to the very end. Don't know about those movies, though, but yeah. Maybe they're good. They're on the DVD set. But anyway, yeah. Anyway, that was Degrassi Buddy. Uh, Available everywhere, including on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and on the usual SoundCloud at SerumGrapies.com. Tell everybody about it. Post this on social media. Tell everybody that it's awesome. And then, uh, yeah, but get ready for next week. Three's a crowd and one last dance. And then after that, uh, 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 the movie, School's Out, where Joy was doing what with Tessa Campanelli? I don't know. I guess we'll find out. But anyway, join me then, and we'll see you next time. And once again... If you're having those problems, there's people you can tell. You can talk to me if you want, even if you don't know me. Talk to me. I will be completely blunt and brutally honest. So get ready for that. But don't do the clothe thing, man. Especially in the manner in which he did it, that scumbag. Okay? If all else fails, just ask for a juice. <laughs> we'll see you next time.